You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Dragos and ESET bring clarity and bad news to investigation of December 2016's Ukrainian power grid hack. Cutter and its neighbors try to sort out hack-induced diplomatic troubles. Double-switch social media malware hijacks dissidents' accounts. CertLock impedes removal of unwanted programs by security software. MacSpy and MacRansom appear as malware-as-a-service offerings. AMT vulnerability is exploited in the wild. And China arrests 22 for trading in stolen iOS user data. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, June 12, 2017. Security firms ESET and Dragos have been working together on malware samples obtained by ESET, and they have some insight into what those samples mean, the likelihood of more and more effective attacks against power grids. The researchers released a report today on the malware that hit Ukraine's power grid last December. They're calling the attack code Crash Override or Indestroyer, and they compare it to Stuxnet in terms of the severity of its threat to physical systems. Crash override is modular and readily tailored to its targets. Dragos calls this the first-ever malware framework designed and deployed to attack electric grids, and reckons it as the fourth piece of what they characterize as ICS-tailored malware. The predecessors will be familiar. Stuxnet, which was deployed against Iranian uranium refinement centrifuges sometime between 2005 and its discovery in 2010, Black Energy 2, which was used in spearfishing, connection with the disruption of power in eastern Ukraine on December 23, 2015, and Havex, a remote access Trojan discovered in 2014 during investigation of industrial espionage campaigns in Europe. Crash override resembles Stuxnet in that it was used to disrupt physical processes. On December 17th of last year, an electrical substation in Ukraine was taken offline to disrupt power in the vicinity of Kiev. Dragos thinks that incident now looks like a proof of concept. The authors of the malware devoted considerable effort and attention to understanding the operating environment of Ukrainergo, the power utility affected in December 2016. Crash override was not designed to work against any specific or narrow set of vendor systems. It is in effect a platform that can be used to attack a wide variety of industrial targets. It's modular, extensible, and can be used simultaneously at more than one site. It has no espionage functionality. This is more than spyware. It's malware designed and used specifically to take down an electrical utility. In principle, although there are no signs of this yet, crash override could be adapted to attack systems in other industrial sectors. Dragos thinks the Electrum threat group is behind the malware. They also believe Electrum is directly tied to the Sandworm group, a cyber espionage crew generally regarded as working for Russian intelligence services. 
and so the Ukrainergo attack now looks more like a dry run than it had before. Al Jazeera appears to have largely recovered from last week's cyber attacks, the precise nature of which remains unclear. It sounded initially like a distributed denial-of-service incident, but if it was a DDoS attack, it seems to have been largely unsuccessful, since the network experienced relatively few problems with availability. The attacks do appear to figure in the larger campaign of hacking and disinformation aimed at splitting Qatar from regional Arab allies. Whether Al Jazeera was hit by the same actors who planted disinformation through hijacked Qatar news agency services last month is also unclear. The threat may be a second-order response by hacktivists or governments who bought the original round of disinformation. Morocco and Kuwait are attempting to mediate the dispute. Qatar's government, with U.S. FBI assistance, has tentatively attributed Qatar news agency hijackings to Russian actors, but outside observers remain dubious. Looking at our CyberWire event calendar, the Cynet Innovation Summit 2017 is coming up June 20th in New York City, and we're pleased to be a media partner for the event. Robert Rodriguez is the chairman and founder of Cynet. So Innovation Summit is a little differentiated from the other programs in that we're connecting Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and the Beltway with an emphasis on the banking and finance institutions. For example, we have at least a dozen CISOs from Fortune 100 banks, so Goldman, J.P. Morgan, Chase, uh, Bank of New York Mellon, Citi, uh, Standard Charter Bank, Mitsubishi Bank, Sally May Bank. So there's, there's that emphasis because we are in, in New York City. And then the Silicon Valley piece is always, you know, Science known as a huge supporter of innovation and entrepreneurialism globally in the cybersecurity domain. So the innovators are in the room. And if you think about what's important to small business, especially early stage emerging growth companies, to include large companies, but at the end of the day, after they raise their capital, all they really want to meet are the buyers both industry and government. So, for example, a CISO or a CSO or a CIO is somebody that has um, capital to purchase interesting and value-add solutions. So we really focus on providing an environment for the business of cyber to take place. New York City is a, a thriving entrepreneurial community. It is a epicenter of banking and finance and, and many other areas of, of commerce and, and business as well. Another um, opportunity for the audience are the innovators and the entrepreneurs. As they listen to these CISOs talk about risk, what's important to them, what type of needs and requirements they're prioritizing, discussions on ransomware and how that marriage of IoT and ransomware are affecting the future of risk. There's a topic on malware, third-party vendor risk management. Uh, so understanding these strategies and pain points and the way that the CISOs think about this is going to help those entrepreneurs build their strategy and roadmaps to address those needs. The ability for us to have this diverse ecosystem in the room provides value for all those in attendance, whether you're Cisco with 10 people or Cisco today with thousands of people. There's something for somebody at all levels in their life at Cynet. That's Robert Rodriguez. The Cynet Innovation Summit 2017 takes place June 20th in New York City. Several strands of malware are being newly described. Here's a brief overview of each. Access Now reports a new form of social media hijacking, Double Switch, 
which renders its victims effectively unable to regain control of their accounts. Observed principally in Venezuela, double switch has been used against critics of the Chavista government. Access now thinks it's likely to be seen in other repressive regimes as well. Various researchers are reporting a new Trojan, Sertlock, in the wild. Carried by a range of unwanted programs, the Trojan renders those programs more difficult to clean from Windows systems by blocking the certificates of security software. Researchers at Alien Vault and Fortinet have obtained and analyzed live samples of MacSpy and MacRansom, two varieties of malware as a service that have been on offer in dark web markets at least since the last weeks of May. As the names suggest, they target Mac systems with respectively spyware and ransomware. As Mac market share rises, so does Mac malware's black market share. Sophos reports a ransomware outbreak in Chinese Android systems. The malicious code hides in a bogus copy of the King of Glory game. The ransomware copies WannaCry's user interface, but it's not WannaCry. And Microsoft has found exploitation of a vulnerability in Intel chipsets' active management technology in the wild. The Platinum Advanced Persistent Threat Group is going after AMT to execute malicious code in targeted machines. In Europe, authorities continue to work to round up known wolves. One of them, a Syrian expatriate arrested in Germany, is said to be a principal point of contact between terrorists and the ISIS news service Amak. In the U.S., former FBI Director Robert Mueller is set to serve as special counsel for Russia investigations. And finally, in China, police round up 22 people and charge them with selling data obtained from iOS users. The scam is said to have netted them as much as 50 million yuan, which comes to about seven and a quarter million in Yankee dollars. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber.
And I'm pleased to be joined once again by David DeFore. He's the Senior Director of Engineering and Cybersecurity at WebRoot. Uh, David, welcome back. Um, you know, with the recent uh, attacks by the WannaCry ransomware, one of the subjects that's that's been uh, popular is people talking about attribution with this particular attack. Um, people want to attribute it to North Korea, but um, other people have been saying, hold on, uh, not so fast. Attribution is difficult. That is, in fact, true, David. And and again, thank you for having me again. And and just for the listeners, attribution is when um, we take a look at code or some type of malicious software to try to understand where it's come from. And we're looking at the fingerprints and maybe who's touched it so we can make that determination uh, back to the originator. You know, that's really when we're talking about attribution. That's what we're um, talking about. And it is it is very difficult um, to do, to attribute something back to a malicious actor. One thing that occurs quite often in in the cybersecurity world is a, a bad guy, cyber criminal, will will create some malicious code and they'll keep it super secret, and they'll use that to their you know nefarious means. But once they're discovered, they will blast that code out on message boards everywhere, so everyone has access to that. And at that point, it begins to get very difficult to determine where something came from. So they sort of shoot it out there as a smoke screen. So now everyone has it. It's hard to to uh, attribute it to anyone in particular. That's that's exactly what they're doing. One, just to be mean. And two, to, to <laughs> kind of it's not as valuable anymore. So they're going to just get it out there so no one can trace it back to them. What about this notion? I've heard people say that attribution really isn't that important, that attribution is the stuff of nation states. But for, you know, those of us trying to keep our systems safe, what difference does it make who it came from? The point is we've got to keep it out. I disagree. Okay. Uh, it, there's some examples with ransomware where uh, developers took the core encryption code that, that allowed you to actually encrypt malicious or encrypt files on a machine. But then if you looked at that encryption um, algorithm itself, uh, those algorithms were broken. So you couldn't ever decrypt the code. So that's a bad thing. Or the decryption algorithm was such that we could figure out a way to generate a key that would unlock that. So attribution is important in some instances where we can actually help people, not because maybe we're trying to get to the person at the other end to, to you know, put them in jail. But but a lot of times if we can see where something came from and have a, a good understanding of it uh, and, and the variance, we might be able to help folks. David DeFore, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. 
And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K Cyberwire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. Thank you.